These are the program notes for the Reno Chamber Orchestra's concerts The Old Style on February 17th and 18th, 2024, written and read by Chris Morrison. Otorino Respighi, born July 9, 1879 in Bologna, Italy, died April 18, 1936 in Rome, Italy. Respighi's vivid and colorful orchestral works, particularly the Roman trilogy, The Fountains of Rome, The Pines of Rome, and Roman Festivals, are among the best-loved and most frequently performed of the 20th century. He received his first musical training in his hometown of Bologna, then moved to St. Petersburg, Russia, where he played viola in the city's imperial orchestra and studied with Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov. He didn't start composing seriously until he was in his 20s. After a few years as a touring violinist and violist, he took a teaching post at the Conservatorio di Santa Cecilia, where he subsequently became director in 1924. But success as a composer led him to leave the conservatorio two years later. From that point on, Respighi devoted himself to composition, with the occasional foray into conducting and providing piano accompaniment for singers, including two very successful tours of the United States in 1925-26 and 1932. Ancient Airs and Dances Suite No. 3, composed in 1932, duration 18 minutes, instrumentation, strings. Along with all his other activities, Respighi was something of a musicologist. Over the last three decades of his life, he prepared modern editions of long-forgotten works by the likes of Monteverdi, Vitali, and Marcello. He also wrote a violin concerto based on Gregorian chant themes, a piano concerto based on the archaic Mixolydian mode, and three sets of arrangements of ancient airs and dances, from 1917, 1924, and 1932, respectively. The originals of these older works were, in Respighi's time, seldom if ever heard, and his efforts brought this rich period of music back to life for many listeners. As Respighi and a group of nine fellow composers stated in a manifesto, countering the claims of the more dissonant sounds then becoming commonplace in the concert hall, quote, A logical chain binds the past and the future. The romanticism of today will again be the romanticism of tomorrow. The third of the Ancient Airs and Dances suites is rather more restrained, even melancholy, than the other two. Its first movement, Italiana, based on a popular Italian melody of the early 17th century, is graceful, the shapely melodic lines often propelled forward by pizzicati from the lower strings. A somber theme in halting phrases from the violas opens the second movement, Aria di Corte, a mini-suite that draws on several themes from the Aria di Corte, or Heirs of the Court, by the Burgundian lutenist and composer Jean-Baptiste Bessard. That opening melody builds and the textures become more full. Soon the tempo increases for a new theme with an easy swing. Occasional drones give the music a rustic flavor. Another new idea returns to the somber mood of the movement's opening. In the next, more extroverted section, pizzicati and bowed phrases alternate. The opening theme returns with rich sonority to close the movement. The third movement, featuring an anonymous Spagnoletta from the 17th century, is a Siciliana, with arching phrases. The melody recurs, building to an imposing climax with turbulent figures underneath, before a last statement of the theme closes the movement calmly. A bold theme opens the fourth movement, Passacaglia, based on a guitar piece by the 17th century Italian composer-guitarist Ludovico Roncalli. As is typical with the Passacaglia form, the theme recurs several times, with new material layered over it with each repetition. A sonorous final statement of the main theme closes the work. Rafe von Williams, born October 12, 1872, Down Empney, Gloucestershire, England. Died August 26, 1958, London, England. 
One of the most performed composers of the 20th century, Rafe von Williams produced a huge catalog of works over six decades. Operas and ballets, choral works and songs, chamber music, and orchestral music including nine symphonies, probably his best-known compositions, and other familiar pieces like the Fantasia on a Theme by Thomas Tallis and The Lark Ascending. After studying piano and violin as a youth, in his teens he began studies at the Royal College of Music in London, later also spending three years at Trinity College, Cambridge. At the former, he met composer Gustav Holst, who became a close friend. Together they spent several years collecting folk songs around Great Britain. Those songs, combined with his love of English Renaissance choral music, became large influences on von Williams's musical style. At age 42, he volunteered for military service in World War I, serving as an ambulance driver. After the war, he became a teacher at the Royal College of Music. By that time and thereafter, he was recognized as one of the major figures in British music. Nobo Concerto in A Minor, composed 1943 and 44, duration 19 minutes, instrumentation, strings, and solo oboe. Quite a number of concertos featuring solo oboe were composed during the 18th century. But after Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart's concerto, Kirschel 314 of 1777, the form more or less disappeared for a century and three quarters. It was the combination of von Williams and British oboist Leon Goossens, 1897-1988, that brought the oboe concerto back to prominence. Goossens had for two decades already been inspiring British composers like Sir Arnold Bax and Gordon Jacob to compose new works for him, when von Williams decided to write something for him. Right after completing his lyrical Symphony No. 5 in 1943, von Williams started work on his oboe concerto in A minor, even incorporating some discarded sketches from the Fifth Symphony. The concerto's premiere had been planned for the 1944 proms concerts, but the Nazi shelling of London caused the cancellation of those concerts. The premiere was moved to Liverpool, and on September 30, 1944, Goossens, to whom the concerto was dedicated, presented the work for the first time, with the Liverpool Philharmonic and conductor Sir Malcolm Sargent. After a short introductory phrase based on a pentatonic scale from the strings, the oboe spins out a wistful lyrical melody. The music, bucolic and gentle, betrays almost not at all its genesis in the heart of the World War II years. Solace from the events of the war rather than a troubled reflection of them seems to be the goal. After a time, the tempo quickens and a new melody suggestive of folk song is announced by the oboe. A third idea, sparely backed by the strings, soon emerges as the music quiets, becoming truly still at movement's end. The second movement combines a gently playful minuet the oboe taking the melodic lead lightly accompanied by the strings both bowed and pizzicato and a more richly harmonized musette with extended drone-like notes from both the soloist and the strings. A scurrying figure from the oboe, propelled forward by the strings, begins the third movement, the work's longest. Trills decorate the oboe's line, which becomes quite virtuosic. There's a moment of turbulence as the music grows more aggressive, leading into a short solo cadenza for the oboe. Rich chords from the strings mark a new, slower lento tempo and the introduction of a consoling hymn-like theme. The tempo quickens as recollections of earlier melodies are heard. The music slows again, a further lyrical outpouring before another solo cadenza for the oboe and the work's gentle conclusion. Erlen Wallen, born April 10, 1958, Belize City, Belize. Erilyn Wallen, called a Renaissance woman of contemporary British music by The Observer, is a respected composer as well as singer-songwriter. 
She has written over 20 operas, as well as concertos, songs, and chamber works, with commissions from the BBC, Royal Opera House, London Symphony Orchestra, Leipzig Ballet, and even the pop band Clean Bandit. Wallen initially trained as a dancer, moving from England to New York City to work with the Dance Theatre of Harlem. But then she turned to composition, returning to England to study at Goldsmiths, King's College London, and Cambridge. She has won numerous awards for her music, including the Ivor Novello Award for Classical Music. In 2007, she was appointed Member of the Order of the British Empire, or MBE, and in 2020, Commander of the Order of the British Empire, CBE, for her services to music. Her memoir, Becoming a Composer, was published in November 2023. Concerto Grosso, composed in 2008, duration 15 minutes, instrumentation, strings with solo violin, double bass, and piano. The Concerto Grosso form was invented and thrived during the Baroque era of the early 18th century. Typically in three or four movements, its music features exchanges between the orchestra, the ripieno, and a group of soloists from within the orchestra, the concertino. Arcangelo Corelli was probably the first major composer to employ the concerto grosso form, but examples soon multiplied from composers like Francesco Gemignani, Giuseppe Torelli, and George Frederick Handel. The concerto grosso more or less disappeared in the later 18th century, but made a major comeback in the 20th century. Examples by Bohuslav Martinu, Alfred Schnitke, Rafe von Williams, and the masterpiece by Ernest Bloch heard later in this program have entered the standard repertoire. A more recent example is Wallen's Concerto Grosso, which pays homage to composers like Corelli and Johann Sebastian Bach, while also bringing her own distinctive sensibility, including jazz and popular elements, into the mix. After the propulsive, exciting opening to the first movement, the piano, then violin, and finally double bass take solo turns. Furious passages from the string orchestra alternate with virtuoso phrases from the soloists, including syncopated figures, and toward the end of the movement, jazzy chords from the piano. Something close to a walking bass from the double bass opens the slow second movement. The violin then enters with a lyrical line soon supported by repeating piano chords. A more astringent central section, in which the string orchestra is heard briefly, turns the music in a more dissonant direction. Then the opening music returns, this time with backing from the orchestra, building to a final climax. A figure evoking the Baroque era from the solo violin opens the very short third movement. The orchestra takes up that same figure with rippling from the piano. A lazy, almost bluesy melody from the violin, supported by the bass and piano chords, opens the fourth movement. Before long, a chugging rhythm from the bass and assertive chords from the piano, with pizzicati from the orchestra, increase the momentum, leading to an exciting, if abrupt, conclusion. Ernest Bloch, born July 24, 1880, Geneva, Switzerland, died July 15, 1959, in Portland, Oregon. Ernest Bloch began playing the violin at age nine and composed his first piece not long after. He studied at the Brussels Conservatory, where among his teachers was famed violinist Eugenie Zai. After living in a number of European cities, he moved to the United States in 1916, becoming a citizen in 1924. Aside from the 1930s, which he spent back in Switzerland, Bloch lived in the United States for the rest of his life. He first became known as a composer with a series of Jewish-themed works, including the Israel Symphony of 1912-16 and Shalomo from 1915 and 16, which remains his best-known composition. Other works in his large catalog show an interest in neoclassicism and more contemporary techniques. In 
Bloch was also a renowned teacher and administrator. He taught at Mann School of Music, was the first musical director of the Cleveland Institute of Music, served as director of the San Francisco Conservatory of Music, and was named Professor Emeritus at the University of California, Berkeley. Concerto Grosso No. 1, composed in 1924 and 1925, duration 22 minutes, instrumentation, strings, and piano. From 1920 to 1925, Bloch was the director of the Cleveland Institute of Music. Along with his administrative duties, he gave master classes in composition and conducted the student choir and string orchestra. In those musically turbulent times, Bloch often encountered in his students the attitude that traditional musical values like tonality, accessible form, and melody had become obsolete. Strongly disagreeing, Bloch decided to take action. Thus, one evening, writes his daughter Suzanne, who was also one of his students at that time, he wrote a prelude scored for strings and asked some of his students to write out the parts from this penciled score. On the day of orchestra rehearsal, we arrived, waving in the air parts that were still ink-wet, and then sat down to read the piece, Bloch conducting us with a broad smile. It was an exciting moment. The prelude with its rhythmic life was truly stirring, and we all played with gusto. At the end, the whole orchestra shouted with glee, as did all the young composers present. Bloch said, What do you think now? This is tonal, with not a single new noise or harmony. It has just old-fashioned notes. Thus, the first Concerto Grosso was born. The Concerto Grosso No. 1 is scored for string orchestra and piano, the latter taking an accompaniment role similar to that of the harpsichord in the Baroque concertos that served as Bloch's model. After the forceful, declamatory prelude mentioned before comes a nostalgic dirge, its gentle central section including string solos and some delicate embroidery from the piano. The following pastoral begins quietly, and out of that music emerges a set of rollicking, rustic dances, employing ideas from some Swiss dances that Bloch had written back in 1899. The concluding fugue features a lively rhythmic tune that moves in succession through the violas, second violins, cellos and basses, first violins, and piano. Solo strings interact as the melody continues its contrapuntal development, leading into a brief reminiscence of the opening prelude and a forceful concluding crescendo. <laughs> 